Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast today. Hey, one of the things that I want to do is I want to invite you to some leadership opportunities. I'm going to be in Norcross, Georgia, part of the Atlanta metro area, and I'm going to be there on May 11th. And we're going to have a great group of leaders that will be uniting together and coming together, and we'll be walking them through just some uh, great information about leadership. And I think it's going to be a really amazing environment. And then on uh, Memorial Day weekend, I'm going to be in Spokane, Washington at Rick Sharkey's. He's such a dear friend, a man I love greatly. And I'm going to be there and I will be doing some leadership development uh, for a group of pastors. And if you are up in the Northwest, I would love to have you come. And then I'm going to be in Kennewick, Washington, which isn't that far from Spokane and be doing some leadership training down there. And I would love for you to participate. You can go to my webpage and you can uh, just figure out any of those uh, opportunities. Also, uh, a lot of resources on my webpage that uh, could help many of you in your journey and maybe give you tools to raise up leaders in your organization. That being said, uh, today I want to talk to you about levels of leadership. Levels of leadership. There's so many different um, thoughts out there about leadership. Uh, One of my dear friends, John Maxwell, does, uh, you know, the five levels. And those five levels uh, deal with more of the uh, personal side. But I want to give you more of a a 30,000 feet view of leadership because I think it's important that leaders, one, identify where they are, two, they know where they want to go, and three, they understand how to get there. And so that's what today's lesson is. Where are you? Where do you want to go? And how do you get there? So let me start by saying this. If I simplify leadership and I look at leaders of all types, of all kinds, secular, spiritual, people who lead in the business, people who lead uh, in civic areas, people who lead in uh, church areas, here's what I've discovered, that there are three levels of leadership. There is survival, there is success, and there is significance. And each one of us get to choose which one of those levels we will achieve as a leader. We get to choose whether it's just going to be survival, success, or significance. So what I want to do is spend a moment, maybe identify these levels of leadership for you. Uh, Survival is basically growing to the size of your problem, growing to the size of your problem. Uh, For years, I've done uh, a message that basically focuses people that the average person only grows to the size of their problem. They never grow to the size of their potential. And the reason being is problems motivate people. Untapped potential requires you to be self-motivated. And here's the thing. For some people, the only thing that they ever grow to is, I've got this problem. I want to get rid of this problem. And therefore, for them, their leadership journey is just about survival. And so that brings you to the first characteristic of survival mode leadership, and that is the day-to-day. They're just trying to get through today. 
that that is the extent of it. It is just day to day. It is just, man, what do I got to do to get through today so I can get to tomorrow? And what am I going to do to get through tomorrow so I can get to the next tomorrow and so on like that? And the thing about survival mode leadership is this, um, you become easily distracted from your mission. The mission that you may have been given is no longer the mission that you're pursuing because what you're pursuing is how do I get beyond the problem that I'm facing right now? And what happens is, is this kind of leader becomes captive to the urgent. So whatever is most urgent is what is holding their attention. And we've talked about before that many times what's the most urgent isn't the most important and what is really important isn't necessarily urgent. And every leader has to understand that when you're in survival mode, you get trapped in the trap of urgency. Whatever is the loudest thing coming at you, where are the most people maybe yelling at you? And that's what happens in this mode. Uh, the thing about survival mode is you want immediate results, but they don't ever tend to be long lasting. So what that means is I want the result of getting beyond my problem, but getting beyond your problem may not create anything long and enduring. And so when you're in survival mode, uh, you're just, uh, held captive to whatever is next. And you feel like life is out of control. You feel like, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm just riding this horse. This horse is going wherever it wants. I have no control over it. And eventually it turns into frustration and it boils into anger. And what you find in survival mode is that you have no energy. So survival mode is when you grow to the size of your problem, not to the size of your potential. But then if you get beyond survival mode, that usually leads you to success growing beyond your need, that you are now in a place that you've grown beyond the basic need. And because you've grown beyond the basic need, it begins to create a different environment. So in church circles, what that means is ministry opportunities and good breaks start to come your way. Instead of it just being problem after problem, what happens is, is that all of a sudden opportunities are coming your way. And these opportunities start coming uh, your way and you begin to understand, hey, you know, I can do this, I can do this. And, and really, the thing about success is that one of the things it will do is it makes you feel good. And it makes you feel very, very good because you're getting invitations and you're getting opportunities and these things make you feel good. And what it translates into is that people respond with willingness to your leadership. Where in survival mode, everything is sort of forced here, people are willing, hey, what do you want me to do? How, how can I help you? What's next? And they go. And that means that you're now in a place that you can have productivity and you can create fruit. 
And that's what all of us have been asked to do. We've been asked to bear fruit. We've been asked to be fruitful. We've been asked to achieve fruit. And that fruitfulness is a part. So in leadership, there's survival where you just grow to the size of your problem. But then there's success where you're growing beyond just basic needs and basic issues. And you're beginning to get opportunities And these opportunities lead you to people who want to follow you, and then you begin to become productive and you become fruitful. Now, can I say to you that probably the majority of all leaders, and this is just me through observation, 60% of them, 60% of them never get beyond survival. It's just, what do I have to do to get through today? There would probably be another 30 to 35% that make it to success. They get to have the accolades and they get to have the good feeling moments and they go through those times. But when we study scripture, one of the things that we understand is that there's a level God wants our lives to be at, and that is significance. And significance is where you grow to impact others. See, when you're going through survival, it's all about problems. When you go through success, it's about you. But when you go through significance, it's about the kingdom. It's about others. And that's really where God wants us to live. But the sad thing is, is that for the average person who leads, only 5 to 10% will ever get to this level. And the characteristics of significance is just this. Success is what happens to you. Significance is what happens through you. And in success, it's about what you receive, In significance, it's about what you give. And so in life, are you making a contribution? There's this great movie that my wife and I enjoy watching. It's called The Emperor's Club. It's about this school that uh, basically caters to the elite, the people who are going to be the next senators, judges, presidents. And it's all these young men. But there's a teacher who specializes in ancient history. And when the kids come in, he has them turn and basically look at a plaque. And on the plaque, it talks about a king. And this particular king, uh, it reads about him and it says, he conquered, he conquered, he conquered. And the interesting thing is, is is that the teacher says, nowhere is he found in the history books. And he said, the people who make the history books are not the people who conquer someone, but they are the people who make a contribution to someone. I love that. So many people want to be on top of the world, but when they get there, they make little or no contribution. And significance is about making a contribution. It's about doing something that will contribute to someone else. Now, if these three levels, survival, 
success and significance are out there and you get to choose them, how do you do it? Well, that's pretty simple. And that is you grow. You grow beyond survival and you grow beyond success and you grow into significance and you grow your significance. Growth is how you break through. But when we talk about growth, that's one of those phrases that I think our minds immediately, oh yeah, growing. I know what that is. Yeah, I I know how to grow. But let me just give you a couple of things that maybe will help you dig down. Growth needs to be a lifestyle you pursue and enjoy, not just a duty or a part of your job. So growth is something that you choose. It is something that you've made a lifestyle. It's not a moment to get through a problem. It's not another rung on trying to get success, but growth is a lifestyle that you do the things necessary every day to begin to achieve what you need to do to grow. Now, here's the thing about growth. You must be 100% committed and passionate in your desire to grow. I've said it forever. Uh, What most people perceive as giftedness, oh, you're really gifted. Man, you're so gifted in that area, is really someone being disciplined. And what appears like giftedness to people on the outside, to the person on the inside, it is discipline. Michelangelo said this, If people knew how hard I work to get my mastery, it wouldn't seem so wonderful after all. Just think of all the things Michelangelo did. And he said, everyone looks at that and they just say, oh, it's so wonderful. But if they knew how hard he worked to be able to achieve that level of detail, it would no longer be just this wonderful thing because they would see the heartbeat behind it. See, if personal growth isn't a choice, it will not happen. Growth isn't accidental, it's intentional. If your personal growth isn't habitual, it will be lost. See, you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. You're either taking a step in the right direction or you're beginning to slip in the wrong direction. If it's easy, you're probably not growing. That's the thing about growth. It makes us confront the uneasy parts of life. Around our home, there's a phrase. It's what we do. And in life, you've got to understand growing is what we do. Jenny and I will look at each other and All of a sudden, a phone call will come in, and it's not a good phone call. Someone's in the middle of a disaster, and we'll look at each other and we'll say, it's what we do. See, there are things we just do. You take the emotion out of it, you just do it. And you do it repeatedly and continually. But let's, once you get the idea of what growth is, how do you create the climate for growth? What are the things that are necessary for growth to exist? Well, 
Let me just start by saying, if you're going to grow, you've got to keep your heart, your heart hot for God. In Romans chapter 12, it talks about being fervent in spirit. In the Greek, it says to be ablaze, to be aglow. The idea is of a uh, individual who works with fine metals and they're boiling them and putting them in their liquefied place because the heat has just saturated it. Well, that's what the Bible talks about. It says that we are to be fervent. We are to be on fire. We are to just have the blaze inside us. You have to keep your heart hot for God. You have to keep it hot. So what does that mean? What are the places you need to go to? What are the people you need to hang around with? See, here's what I know. If your heart's not on fire, then you need to get closer to the fire. And in all of our lives, there's people who inspire us. There's people who challenge us. And I'm telling you, those are the people you need to pursue. If you can ever get in the room with them, if you can ever get in an environment around you where they make you think bigger, they make you do better, you want to do whatever it can, schedule-wise, monetary, to put yourself in that place. So keep your heart hot for God. Also, maintain a grateful heart. Just maintain a grateful heart. We know from Romans chapter 1 and verse 21, it says, And they knew God, and they glorified Him not, and neither were they thankful. Therefore, their spirits became darkened. The more thankful I am, the more my heart is open to God. The less thankful I am, the less my heart is open to God. So keep your heart hot for God. Put yourself in those places where you're right by the fire. And if you're not on fire, put yourself next to people who are on fire, who light your fire. Maintain a grateful heart. Just maintain a grateful heart. That gratitude. Thank you, Jesus. Just have that going. And then ask the tough questions. You've got to ask your t- the tough questions. I've said it before, the most important questions you ever get asked are not asked by others, they're asked by you. It's not the questions others ask you that are the most important questions, it's the questions you ask yourself. Are you investing time with God? Is your life pure? Is it productive? Are you honest? Have you maintained levels of integrity? Are you giving more than you're receiving? Are you quick to forgive? So when it comes to this growth climate, just position yourself to have a heart for God. Stay on fire for God. Maintain a grateful heart towards God. Ask yourself the tough questions and untangle the knots. I fly a whole lot, and uh, I must say I'm not technically savvy. I'm just glad that the team around me, that they're really smart in those things, but I'm not. But occasionally, 
I need to listen to something. And, and, and sometimes the way I've got to listen to something is I, I can't use my iPods. I have to do a plug-in kind of old school kind of uh, headset. And the thing about it is when I travel, the line tends to get all knotted up. And for this headset to work, I've got to unknot and untangle that line. Well, in life, we have to untangle things because there's a lot of things that come our way that we just don't need to be involved in. And we need to say, I'm not going to get all entangled with that. And there are things that people want to dump on us. And because when you're a leader, you take responsibility and people will let you be responsible for things that they should be responsible for. But you don't want to get tangled up in that. And, and there's always the news and the noise of society. And we need to be aware of it, but we don't want to get tangled up in that. See, if you're going to lead, you have to untangle the knots. You can't get all tangled up. You have to untangle the knots. So don't get consumed with things that really don't matter. This is a very simple lesson. The majority of all leaders who lead will just try to survive. There'll be a percentage of them that have levels of success. But there will be a few of them that have significance. The people who survive, they'll tell you about their problems. The people who succeed, you will look at them and say they're good. But when people are significant, you'll look at them and you'll say, God is good. Thank you for joining me. If you're available, come and be with me in the Atlanta area. Again, go to Gerald Brooks uh, Ministries. You can look at all the resources, the books, the materials, the lessons, and jump on board and grab some of those. Thank you so much for taking time to do this. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.